Welcome to the Honest EP podcast. We are the podcast for health professionals and the wider community looking to explore diverse ideas in health, ask some hard questions, and have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches. And joining me as always is Allied Health Business owner, Andrew. Andrew, how you going? I'm well. How are you? I'm very well. God, Andrew, you sound so crisp coming through that <laughs> beautiful, beautiful microphone that's in front of you. You've done amazingly well, Archibald. This, this, is, closer. this is quite the setup. Go a little bit closer when you talk. How's that? that? Is that good? That's wonderful. Wonderful. Maybe too close. <laughs> Halfway between, I reckon. I don't good. know what to do. Yeah. We have guests today. We have Dave and we have Megan. And these guys are the guys behind exercise physiology memes for Susan Wake. Got it right. Let's go. Dave, how you going, mate? Well, thank you, sir. How are you today? Very well. Welcome to the pod. Megan? Good. Very good. well, thanks. Very well. Um... Well, Dave, you brought some beers in. What are we drinking, mate? Uh, today we are on the uh, Mountain Culture Moon Dust Stout. Let's crack it. Right. Oh. I can't do it with one Dave's right next to the mic there. Straight into the mic. And Megan's got a... What have you got? Audi kombucha. Audi kombucha. Fantastic. How good. Get around it. I do apologise if these are a bit warm. No, they're not warm. <laughs> is this a dark beer? Yes, sir. Mm, oh, stout. shit. Yeah. I don't even read that. It's really good. Mm, it have is you good. had it before? Yes, I have, sir. It's just kind of hard to find in, um, like, bottle shops around Sydney. Because, yeah. like I said before, Mountain Culture has some distribution issues because they're so popular in a small brewery. Mm. We made mm. it about two minutes and Dave's already dropped the fact that he's from Katoomba. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> a mountain goat. I am a mountain goat. So this is your this is your local beer. Yeah, yeah, local uh, local legends. How much are you getting paid for this? Yeah, do they sponsor you? <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> I am the sponsorship guy. <laughs> you guys made it. Congratulations! Yes. I, just, yeah, I wish you, I was. Yeah, yeah. Well, what have we got to do? <laughs> Maybe you could just. That is a running theme of this show. I d- I do listen to the pod. And I am aware that you guys shout out just about every beer. <laughs> Can we get a Spono? So, yeah. Mountain Culture, if you're listening, let's go. They're, they're, they're definitely listening. <laughs> <laughs> definitely their niche. I'm really into exercise physiology. <laughs> I don't think they're popular enough yet to, uh, to not need a sponsor a small-time EP podcast. So, mm. I reckon we're in with a shot here. Here we go. So, hit us up. I think you should stop drinking it until they sponsor you. Because if you keep drinking it for free, then they're not going to... You up. True, we can go on strike. Go on strike. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's really gonna hit a bit. That is excellent. <laughs> they Would lose two customers. <laughs> Would anybody notice at all? <laughs> Probably not. Um, well, why don't we talk about how this even came about in the first place, Dave? How did um, how did you end up sitting in our in our clinic in Brookie? Well, uh, what. Where do you start? Mm, where to start? <laughs> uh, I suppose we... When did we start? When we, did we start making memes? Well, well, since I was a baby. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Born we, we met in research and then we sort of had a lot of good banter, had a lot of good ideas, had like 10 different ideas that we're going to start off the ground. And one of them was a meme page and the meme page was the easiest. So we got the meme page started and then kind of went from there. Yeah, and I actually, we, I know Archie from undergrad, which is mm-hmm. going back now. We're so, <laughs> old. so many years. We're so yeah. old. 2016 grad. Um, yeah, 2016. Um, and 
Archie, you put out a thing on uh, one of your social media accounts yeah, saying what's a good topic and I said something stupid about like the utility of memes to disseminate yeah. evidence-based practice or something like that and you're like do you want to come on and I said yes, mm-hmm. yes. I said to Megan and she's like this would be hilarious let's do it yeah Insta DMs that's that's where Insta it's at DMs. Yeah. except like I didn't even know who I was talking to so I didn't even know <laughs> there were two admins but we were you're like we were both so supportive we were reacting to your you guys stories <laughs> ages ago months ago you were yeah. reacting to ours yeah. it was great it's like a nice little wholesome... Yeah, the community holds it, holds each other up. Yeah, before How we good. knew. <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I found your account, I can't remember who... I think Jasper, uh, one oh, of our yeah. EP workmates, who now lives in Canada. Shout out Jasper. He lives in Canada. Yeah, he's moved over there. Oh, um, I swear I just cool. saw him on campus. Shout out Jasper. Just oh, like probably <laughs> months ago. Like, like that's April. the last time yeah, I was yeah, on campus. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just then. Um... He, he showed me the page and then started going through some of the memes, which I've got today. We're going nice. to do a little meme review. Well, Andrew and I are going to do a little meme review and then ask you guys some questions about them. Good. Um, but they were hilarious. I've never seen... <laughs> we, well, we've never had EP memes before. Yeah. And they were, like, so relevant <laughs> to everyone's experience. Because, so, like, the ones... I assume you were making them vegan. There was, like, bang-on student placement ones. Oh, yeah. From, like, I was at placement. Uni. So some of them were, like, I was at the place when I was talking... Oh, I shouldn't be saying this, but I was at the place when I was talking about... <laughs> Already... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Already regret. All right, here we go. Already put my foot in it. Um, yeah, I was at one of the placements and I was like, oh, this... It, to be fair, it wasn't It wasn't on the placement. It was just the hours and I was so tired and I was like, I need to make a meme about this. Other people need to know I'm tired. And so I did that and then... And then told my placement supervisor that I have a meme page. <laughs> he oh, found it. Oh no! No, but he was he was cool. He was very nice about That's it. Good. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, I work in a JP center, and I told all the JPs about it, and no one knows what we're talking about. Yeah, because they're it is have fun so in their industry. <laughs> <laughs> or they're just GPs. And yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, is yeah. there a GPs meme page? I no. like to think. Oh, there, there must be. There must be. And it's probably not funny. Exactly. Well, I mean, just to talk about the kind of clout you guys have, you're followed by the ACSM. Um, That's, I, I'm really proud of that one. You're, <laughs> you're followed by uh, physiotherapy new grad memes. You're followed by Maria Fiatteroni Singh. Mm-hmm. The, goat. the goat. The goat of herself. Um, strong medicine. Um, who else? Oh, Kieran Rooney. The Kieran Rooney. The Kieran Rooney at wow. Sydney Uni. You have no idea who these people are, do you? I'm from New South Wales, so oh. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds important. It's very important. Yeah, good. They're like the big Just dogs. Just very well. charismatic uh, lecturers and professors. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other big time followers? <laughs> We've got we had a like someone that was verified, but I think she was a like an Insta model or something, and she followed and then she unfollowed a few weeks later. Yeah. But she was she was a verified follower. That was cool. There we go. I reckon we'll we'll take ACSM as the yeah. as a big time follower. I don't think it gets bigger than that. No. <laughs> 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 I don't know who the admin for the ACSM guidelines Insta pages. I reckon it's someone massive in the organisation. I reckon it's the CEO. For sure. It's not some social media person. No. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh dear. All right. Um, why don't we do a little meme review to start here? Because seeing we're on the topic of them already. I've got a couple up here of my favourite ones from you guys. Um, the first one I've got here, it's two pictures. It's an old guy sitting there with a little floppy yellow TheraBand and it says, your granddad after osteoporosis intervention at Our Lady of Consolation. <laughs> and then the other one is a ripped 
Chad on the right here in <laughs> short boardies saying after osteoporosis prevention at Balmain Hospital. Beautiful. Nice description too. Very good. Yeah. The ribs, Chad. That is your granddad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you're not familiar with Maria Fiatteroni Singh, the GOAT, uh, she now heads up the Strong Clinic at Balmain Hospital. Um, and they are the, the, the sort of leaders in uh, progressive resistance training for people, uh, older people with chronic health conditions. And pff, glad they don't know my last name on this podcast, but Our Lady of <laughs> Consolation was a venue that I may have had placement at and had... Should I do it? Sure. I Go might on. hold back on that one, but <laughs> I have certain views on how, the, how things were carried out there. Maybe not progressive resistance. Not it was progressive. No, no, it wasn't even progressive. I was going to insert <laughs> joke there, but it wasn't even progressive. So we'll just, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how common that is in like aged care with EPs. Yes. Now this Super is common. what I came here for. I want to mm-hmm. talk to you guys about this sort of stuff. All right. Like, obviously there's like guidelines and stuff and you want to you do everything best practice, but you know, how often do you see best practice sort of implemented in the world. Do you want to go? I feel like this feels like a can of worms. I don't... (laughs) It's been a little while, so you're probably more hands on the ground with that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I feel like you can't really have one without the other. So some of the memes you guys had were, um, that I love, were, like, comparing floppy boys or comparing, like, hitting bouncy balls for fun in an aged care compared to like doing proper resistance training. Um, And then it's like, well, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly where you want to get. But sometimes to get people in the door, you've got to hit some bouncy balls around. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'd love to see both get done. Mm. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially in our group classes, um, in our gym, which I'm sure like a lot of EPs run similar group classes to what we do. I reckon you've got to have a bit of both Mm. Um, because especially in private practice, the reason people come back, especially in the early stages, is not because they're like noticing in three weeks that they're getting heaps strong. It's because they're having a good time. Mm, and sure. they're like having a good social aspect of as well. They're coming in, they feel good after the session, they've had some laughs, they've made some friends, and they go, wow, that was really fun. Mm. That was really, really good. Mm. Um, and if you're doing like 80% 1RM squats and deadlifts straight away, uh, probably not gonna have a great time mm. i mean there's one or two people that probably do want to like the sure ex strong men that but yeah mm. most of them are mm. going to want to mm. progressively get there um mm. but then yeah i think you're absolutely right like that as soon as possible you want to try and get people up to a level where they are, are going to get some kind of benefit um so i think you kind of work uh walking a bit of a tightrope there mm. in terms of having fun but then still doing clinically effective exercise because I've definitely seen students and EPs, I'm sure you have as well in you know, the 35 years you've been an EP, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Status this go, one's not filmed. Go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, seen people go too far either direction. I 100% mm. agree. I reckon sometimes the clinically effective stuff gets thrown in the too hard basket. I yeah. think that's... Mm. that's yeah. In some sense, what we're trying to say with this meme, yeah. in a roundabout way, mm. Mm. Um, but I, I think, I think, 
that sort of social and happy environment is like probably priority number one for most people. They want to feel like they're coming into a place that cares and all these things. But, you know, you've got to at least have some sort of sense of the clinically effective element yeah. in the back of your mind. Yeah. Mm. So I had a placement in a rural setting and um, they only had therabands and they like couldn't get machines right out to Broken Hill. And so that poor EP there, she knew all the clinically effective stuff and she knew, you know, I got to do 80% 1RM for my osteoporosis people, but she literally couldn't because she just had therabands. She had like a couple of dumbbells. So she was doing like mad isometric holds and mm. like doubling over therabands, like three therabands at a time <laughs> to reach maybe 70%. Um, so yeah, I think with that meme, I'm glad I have somewhere to speak because I'm like, I don't want to offend people that genuinely just can't access anything. Um, with Our Lady of Consolation, though, I'm pretty sure they're in Sydney, so yeah. <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> we have a class at the moment um, called Anira, which is like an osteoporosis class, um, and it's 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 like strict. It's strict. Yeah. Deadlifts, back squats overhead press and drop hangs which is like awesome. banging your yeah. heels on the ground really hard and it's five sets of five reps at like as high intensity as you can manage goes for 45 minutes so it's just like work through each of those movements do a bit of balance stuff on the side but like that's the whole session that sounds and so good. the group is like six to eight ladies just lifting barbells in the gym I love awesome. and it's sick it's fucking sick to yeah. watch I think there's like there's so much space for people to challenge themselves mm. and like you know it's not always comfortable but I'm obviously like like I said I've known you from undergrad Archie mm. if you've got someone like Archie in the room with you for the most part <laughs> lift the, lift the crowd. Yes, I, I've only just met you Andrew so I'm sure I'm sure you're pretty good as well uh, no, terrible. but like you know it's like, it's like you can absolutely create an environment where they're comfortable to to like challenge themselves, feel a little bit unco like uncomfortable from a physical perspective, um, and you know they'll they'll keep coming back, and then you know wonderful, I get best of both worlds. Yeah. So that's that, man. I feel like we could talk about that one all day. <laughs> Andrew, which one do you want to go to next? Yeah. I was I was flicking through the um, your your page, and there was one there um, about the pants. Right, so you've got the, oh, that one for me was just like, fuck, that is it. Like going from, from a student placement where you're wearing shorts into private practice where you're wearing pants. That was like, I laughed because that's come up with you, Archie, yeah. uh, about like, what, what, what do I wear now that I'm in like the real world and I'm an yeah. adult and I, I'm, people are coming to me totally. asking for advice. Like, should I be in shorts and showing my knees off? Or should I like... Yeah. <laughs> Knees are an unprofessional <laughs> part of the body, I'll tell you that much. Very much Because so. <laughs> then I think there's different levels of shorts as well. Like there's appropriate lengths, like just above knee uh, length. And then there's like when they get shorter and shorter and tighter mm. and tighter. It's like, mate, I don't need to see your quads. You don't see Conversely, <laughs> there's Nike like the going to a Linkin Park concert in 2001, like three quarter pants. <laughs> and you're wearing those like skate shoes <laughs> underneath as well. Yeah. I dare say that is also not professional. Rips jeans, no. <laughs> yeah, you can add it in with that shoe meme you put up of like what your different placement shoes tell you about you as well. Yeah. You <laughs> have done a deep dive. That's fantastic. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I where, love that. We, where do you, Megan? Where do you sit on the, on the pants side of things? I now? was a strong, athletic girl. You get asked this question. <laughs> oh, all the time. <laughs> we had a DM about skirts, I think. 
and just yeah. like putting it out there, you can wear a nice formal skirt as well for the female EPs out there. That's a definitely a professional attire. How? I don't know. Like how? <laughs> how? Sorry, I'm sorry. That's not a good question. How would you... Perform a squat? Yeah, yeah no clue. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want that equality out there just in case people need to wear skirts. Um, but I think that I... So I graduated pretty recently and I was wearing athleisure for a few months and I thought, yeah, like people need to see your form. People need to be able to see you demonstrate movements. So comfort all the way. And then I wore jeans for the very first time jeans like black nice formal black jeans and then like sneakers so these ones flat bottomed not running shoes very nice spiffy leather sneakers i felt very bougie yeah. um and then the very first day i wore like my nice professional outfit i had the best day and the clients really respected me i felt like yeah. i felt like um i was i felt like i was more on top of things like i wanted to be organized and it like clicked a switch in my brain so, I think that um, I'm all for it. I like the professionalism. I like that people see you one way and you also in your mind, I think you act, well, me personally, I acted differently. I acted a bit more professional mm. and it was good for me. I suppose I have seen plenty of pretty big EP groups be fine with shorts as well. Yeah. So, like, where do you guys stand? What does it mean? Like, not as, like, where do you stand on shorts? Do you guys have <laughs> policies in your... Like, what does it sort place? of say about the practitioner? Is there anything specific that it does? We don't have anything written down anywhere. I remember, like, when I started here, um, there was no rules, and I was wearing, like, tracksuit pants. But, like, <laughs> like the... Like, good quality like nice ones. <laughs> yeah, not, like, the no parachute like, school, like, high school tracksuit pants. Hammer, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, the... Full grey tracksuit to yeah, work. Like, yeah. like, the tapered, the tapered <laughs> Nike ones with a zip on the side. Now I've seen Hey, stupid. the zip on the yeah. side, I it feel like... If it's the elastic around the bottom, not. Nah, but the yeah. zip on the side makes yeah. a difference, yeah. I feel like. They were like mm. I agree. They were like tapered. Yeah, nice, nice Nike trackies. Black charcoal kind of vibe. Um, I rated those. And then one of our other EPs, uh, on his last day of the week, he'd wear shorts. Because <laughs> oh. it was the last day of the week. <laughs> Fun <laughs> Fridays. So he'd have yeah. trackies all week. And then you get to the last day and you go, all right, well, it's Friday, so I'm wearing shorts. I was like, cool. Um, yeah. Get the calves out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, if you listen, it's, it's you. <laughs> um, and I think that was fine. Like, it was just kind of accepted. And then at some point, like, you started, no, you were always wearing chinos when I started coming in. I kind of, I switched early to like the, the stretchy yeah. kind of like golf pants, golf pants sort of thing. Kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so that you could still kind of squat mm. in them, mm. but mm. a little bit more yeah. professional kind of vibe. Yeah. I got to the point where I was like, I don't like with clients I know or anything like that, I don't care if you're wearing shorts or trackies. Um, but if a new person comes in and they've been referred to you and they're skeptical about what you do, as an EP and they go what am I just seeing a personal trainer like what the fuck are they going to tell me about my uh, like heart attack and my cardiac rehab and so like if they're just an exercise person and they're wearing shorts I'm just going to like confirm their bias that they should be mm. sceptical whereas if they come in and I'm wearing pants <laughs> um, as opposed to not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah as opposed to just my undies <laughs> Sometimes you have those sometimes. days. <laughs> I forget sometimes. 
Um, Fridays. Um, yeah, <laughs> Pride Fridays. Um, if I wear pants, then hopefully I'm trying to convince them more so just with my appearance that uh, I'm more on the health professional side of things. Just for that initial... Yeah. Initial first impression. Your leg up on the first impression. Yeah, which I think after you get past that initial first impression, it probably doesn't matter too much. The only other situation where I can feel like it may matter uh, from a guy point of view, like uh, for our ladies, um, a lot of them wear, did you say athleisure? Athleisure. <laughs> Lululemons. I've never heard athleisure before, but I love tights. that word. Yeah, tights. Yeah. Um, I think tights can look like pretty professional with yeah. a polo shirt and mm. like normal shoes i think that's fine um but for guys i feel like shorts sometimes uh you you kind of invite like comparison straight away i don't know this is just what i'm thinking is like if i come in to see a trainer and they've got like like big ass quads and like shaped calves and i'm seeing a, a person who like hasn't exercised in ages and they're like oh god i'm like never gonna look like that that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't want to invite any kind of body image comparison That's at all true. in the gym. Yeah. But so I just try to avoid any negative bias or opportunity for skepticism mm. with and pants. Punts. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told us in uni. Such a, like a divisive topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long have we talked about pants? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, some, someone told me that the older generation, they don't love tights. Mm. on girls like mm. they think it's inappropriate so then we got told to wear jeans as well so yeah yeah that's another like one opportunity for a client to maybe not come again mm. you don't want to give that to them well, that's it mm. right first impressions make a big difference hey eh? mm. yes yeah. yeah it seems like it, it obviously matters for like every other profession it's like why should we just assume yeah. that like it doesn't matter how we look totally i mean like, other 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 businesses wear uniforms like mm. you know we're always kind of after the the same recognition that physios or chiros or mm. whoever, yeah. uh, OTs, like if we want to constantly compare ourselves to them, like, okay, well, let's Step look at up. the way that they present themselves. Mm. And I think while we don't have anything written in, you know, you must dress a certain way, I think there's a kind of level of professionalism that we want to yeah. put forward to our clients. Mm. That one was like easily the most popular meme. That was like twice as many likes as every other yeah. meme. <laughs> yeah. And then out of the blue, all of these different memes, like just like it's social media posts started popping up yeah. mm. and people just referencing wearing pants in the gym as though it was this thing that everyone knew about. Topic. Mm. But yeah. finally <laughs> someone had spoken about yeah. it. Breaking the silence. Yeah. And again, here we are. We just spent five minutes on it as well. There we yeah. go. Yeah. So you guys have probably been in the job market more recently than Andrew and I have been in the job market. What is it like trying to find jobs as EPs at the moment? Interesting question. Interesting. I am self-employed. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I occasionally look at what's around. Um, Megan and I both have research backgrounds as well. Mm. So like, I've, I'm always interested in something that's going at unis or hospitals from a scientific perspective. Um, does much of that come come around, like uni? Yeah. Or like UNSW seems to have a lot going. Mm. Has the odd hospital job. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, in the you know the sort of job market, it does seem obviously longevity. They yeah. there is. I since I graduated my masters three years ago, it seems like they've been like a mainstay. Mm. Mm. I don't know if I've seen much rebound. Do you guys often? 
sort of, or, or do you have like an internal process, or do we not talk about this? <laughs> no, no. I think most, most, we we don't generally kind of have to recruit for EPs. We we have kind of processes for for students to come on board, and you know what Archie and and some of the team have done in terms of building out like training and induction materials. Like we like to hire lots of new grads. We have a good student program, so it's kind mm. of like a feeder kind of straight yeah. in. Um, so we don't kind of recruit for EPs externally but we do for like OT and physio and things like that I think that's a good point for um, for some of the people who probably follow your page a lot of students a lot of new Mm. grads is or more relevant for students is that like businesses like us treat uh, student placements like job interviews yeah for sure like we have 100 to 150 hours of you in our clinic with our clients using our systems talking to our team um, taking on feedback, asking us questions. And normally we know within like two weeks if we like the person, we'd hire them. Mm. Like we know pretty quickly. Um, whereas if we interview someone and we interview them twice for like 40 minutes or 45 minutes, you're never fully sure. Like you mm. could be like, yeah, I, I think they're awesome. But then you go, well, we haven't seen them do any actual EP stuff so I guess we'll just kind of see when we start and we'll go well we'll trust our instincts and sounds like they're really really good Um, but we haven't actually seen them do anything Mm. whereas like when you have someone work with your clients for six weeks it's like a surefire success yeah Mm. for sure like very rarely slash never have we had like a bad hire from a student placement nice Um, whereas we've like struggled with some people um, based off hiring on interviews mm. because we didn't have the full picture yet um, and we just didn't know the person well enough and they didn't know us well enough either because mm. like how can they learn enough about us in you know an hour and a half mm. and looking on our website yeah. you know, that's not really enough right yeah I think that answers your question too mm. um, how's the job market I think the best jobs out there are the ones that you get from your placements and even if you're not at the end of your degree um, if you can get a job as an allied health assistant or a PT, depending on the place, and then that flowing into the EP role after you graduate, that's like the best way to do it, I mm. think, because you know the systems, you know the place, you know your colleagues, and then you like hit the ground running once mm. you're an EP. That's a great point. Yeah, mm. and I've always, I actually um, marked quite a few prac exams when I was at, when I was in my research project, um, and the best kids coming through were the ones that were like on the floor as PTs and stuff like that. They PT big call if you can pt communicate yeah yeah Mm. pt during your undergrad that's biggest piece of advice yeah (laughs) um working in a gym environment that's the oh there we go good segue this is one of your memes um so it's a classic drake meme of like his hand up um and then like the second frame just like him going yeah like that one so first one is like work is an aha or allied health assistant for clinical experience and he's like, no. And then like, <laughs> yeah, he's going working as a PT for the free gym membership. Which is <laughs> 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 like, sure, for the free gym membership. But also like the PT experience is awesome because like other than just like a general understanding of prescription and programming, that kind of stuff, it's like you've made a living out of uh, talking to people mm. and relaying to people. And other than like the clientele coming in and they have like, different issues that they're presenting with and different goals it's kind of the same job discuss which brings us back to the pants man <laughs> 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 oh 
idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can have a rant on this and people probably disagree. Um, but we talked about this when we had Jasper on a couple months ago about like personal trainers versus EPs and how different is our job. Um, I don't know. Megan, your thoughts. Ooh. Compare like how different uh, we, because we're all EPs here, from personal trainers, do you think? I think it doesn't differ too much. I think you're absolutely right. The knowledge um, isn't super different, but the skill set gets really different. So Dave and I were just talking about this. Um, When you go through uni, you learn all these skills, uh, appraising research, and the the soft skills that I didn't really think much of, like psychology and all of that, um, they, they they come in in a big way once you start dealing with external... Uh, organizations, so DVA clients, NDIS, report writing and all of that, um, that's a really small niche that an EP fills that PTs can't. Um, and then I think the skills that we learn um, behavior modification-wise, uh, they they really play a role, the ones that we learn in, in uni. Um, so I think the more complex the client, the better suited to EP. And then obviously you have a big continuum and there's going to be an overlap. So on the one side of like super healthy, fit, maybe training for a powerlifting competition, that's going to be best for a PT. I think if if an EP is doing that, they're wasting their time, to be honest. Um, And then if you have someone with a bunch of comorbidities, um, I don't know, grade five cerebral palsy or something, then that uh, an EP could probably only do that. And I don't think um, you should even be considering letting an PT near that client so yeah mm. there's a continuum i think there's an overlap but mm. most of the the knowledge in terms of exercises would be the same mm. Mm. question for you um hypothetical mm. say you have that like uh person with cp that's quite quite severe um and the there's a personal trainer who's been working with disability at cpa for like 15 years Mm-hmm. then do you think the EP versus PT background matters? Great question. I don't think it matters un- until it does. Oh, that's such a bad answer. Until it does. <laughs> so say the, um, I think the PT can absolutely take that client through through their general um, exercises. And then once that client presents with another comorbidity, um, I think that that'll start to get out of the the PT's scope of practice. Um, so yeah, so it's fine until it doesn't <laughs> until <laughs> until it presents until the client presents with something else. Dave is picking up his microphone. He wants to say something. I was just picking up my microphone, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's like there's real there is something to be said for like understanding the physiology. I know understand like the comorbidities and uh well morbidities and things like that they have their own pathophysiology but this is a conversation i had with my supervisor once upon a time a while ago um we were talking about a particular client of mine who had no existing diagnosis he had an aging condition of no particular name no one knew like had seen it before essentially um but like you can know all about aging conditions. You can know about all the things that might occur with it, but like how you kind of would change your plan uh, based on the person in front of you is going to come down to like really good assessment skills mm. and understanding what that means. Um, I think that's that's sometimes where um, the difference between students and postgrads and whatever like 
personal trainers and AFEs mm-hmm. might come in is like really understanding what it is you're measuring and yeah. ha- what you're going to do about that. Yeah. Actually, oh, sorry, you were going to say something? <laughs> I was going to ask a question because um, I am like uh, a little bit removed from university now. Do you think universities are giving new grad EPs that degree of assessment skill? I'm going to say no. No, I don't think so. I think, like, interestingly, <laughs> bombshell. <laughs> like, I, I think a lot of the stuff you do learn is on, on the job. Mm. And, like, I think sitting, like, rote learning whatever's written in your textbook's not going to get you a really long way. I, I think we have both benefited from the, the practical skills of research and critic, like, learning how to critically think. That's mm. kind of how I, why I decided I was going to do research. Because yeah. I've, I, after two degrees, still read some papers and thought, I don't understand what this is even talking about. Um, and the same goes for like understanding the presentation of someone in front of you. Uh, you have to be able to, like, critical thinking is a skill and, uh, you know, not just carrying out the assessments but interpreting them. That's not to say you don't listen at uni. Kids <laughs> do. Kids. <laughs> I graduated wow. a year ago. <laughs> Um, I think you learn how to do that at uni as well a little bit. So you'll learn the assessments, like the hard facts. But so do listen in uni, learn the hard facts and then know that you're going to learn way more um, in your practical, in your practicals and in your um, placements and all of that. Failing on your first job is a great way of learning. Yeah. Doing something a little bit wrong. Failing in general is like a great way of learning. Yeah. Like I've. I, I'm sure I can't can't pick something off the top of my head just now, but like starting out, you're gonna think that a lot of the stuff you do is not right, and then like you guys talk about CPD a lot, fishing out the stuff that is gonna fill those gaps, um, is really important. Mm. And I understand that you guys also wanted to talk about like what it is that sort of makes like a good, like student AP a good AP. Mm. I think that mm. that's gonna. That's got to be like a huge part of it, because for sure, yeah. yeah. Do you, you want to learn everything in uni? Well, yeah. Like, I think that's such a huge topic. Can you? <laughs> can, can, can ask you ask a better question? Can you, can you, narrow, it down, <laughs> can you narrow it down for me a little bit? If you were, if you had two students, I don't know if you have two students at a time. I don't know how it works. because uh, we have sometimes Sydney and UNSW. Oh so yeah, yeah. yeah cool. So if you had two students. I'm not going to say which units they're from. (laughs) Get into that later. Um, If you had two students and you were going to hire one and not the other, what attributes of that one would would make you hire them? Angie, do you want to start? Because you probably have maybe combined 10 minutes exposure to each of the students that we have in here um, over like 150 hours. Mm. So you really only get like a first impression with them. So just from a first impression and what you see from them walking around, what do you like to see? Engagement. Mm. If they are talking to the clients, if they are not just like sitting back and like they might be looking on an iPad or looking on a screen or something like that, Mm. they're in there talking. um, Straight away, like that's someone that's good. We have a few 
clients, like because we do quite a bit of psychosocial disability, some of our clients are quite reserved. Mm. Um, and so the ability to just like shit talk your way through a session, which I think also comes back to the, the PT conversation, um, like just being able to communicate mm. effectively. And for some people that just might mean just talking for a little bit. If I can see that for two minutes, that's got my attention. How about yourself? So all of that stuff. And then on top of that, uh, personally with students and new grads, I don't care too much about their assessment skills and what assessments and stuff they learn at uni. Because when I think about what I learned at uni assessment wise, um, I use zero of those. Zero of your uni assessments. What was zero of my uni assessments in clinical practice now and some of those we spent whole semesters learning year after year like mm. your Bruce protocol and your Douglas monarch, bags yeah your Douglas <laughs> bag shit like bring into a bag what oh. are we doing here <coughs> to be fair that was exercise sports science so you know, it could have gone anywhere um, but then even like your like core activation test or your oh, lumbo pelvic stability or oh, you're just like pretty bad well, memories like coming back. As well. yeah. Totally, exactly, right? Yes. That, that is another shortcoming of the yeah. uni system. Exactly. So, and, and you know, <laughs> the most I use from uni would be like, oh, all right, this, this scheme wants me to do like a timed up and go. So, because, you know, uh, the Australian government wants me to do a timed up and go with you, I'll do it. Um, but that's about it. Everything else uh, is like individual to the client. Um, so in terms of like what I want to see from a student then is having the right mindset that they can see something you do uh, and then question it and then be able to question what they do as well and go, huh, uh, be curious about it, ask, ask more about it and then go and do their own research and go, hmm, I'm going to learn more about that topic because I'm not going to just take every piece of information that I've heard as uh, gospel. Mm. I'm going to go and do my own research about it. So having a little bit of like criti cri uh, critical thinking, um, a bit of a growth mindset, which is a bit of a buzzword, but mm. it's true. Um, and being ready to change their perspective and change their mindset on things, I think is a really, really valuable skill because as soon as you start working, we're going to change uh, your mind on a million things anyway. Yeah. And the way I practice now compared to even a year ago is different because... Um, I hear things, I learn things from other people and I go, oh, that's really interesting. And I tried and I research and you have to change what you do. You can't stick mm. on the same shit that you're that's doing so yeah. over and over and, and expect different changes. results. Mm. Yeah. Everything. Well, yeah. I think yeah. that's that's where that critical thinking headspace kind of comes into it mm. is that like you're going to get you will get bombarded with information from everywhere. Mm. Like whatever that lower back pain, multifidus TA activation thing. Like sometimes yeah, you whatever. need to reflect. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in one of those books yeah. behind you there. That's, Anatomy? That's got, like, I don't know. Yeah, so an like, inch of dust on it. Sometimes you just got to like, you, you got to not take that for um, like gospel. Mm. And the same thing is going to happen when you go into the workforce and you've got a new boss that has a different opinion to whoever's taught you before. You have to, even then, as much as you probably want to impress them, at least, you know, be curious about it, be critical. Mm. Um, I've just had 
an epiphany. Mm. There's something that covers all of those things. <laughs> Ready? Medicine. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, if you have passion, I reckon that you'll want to mm. talk to people. I reckon if you have passion, you're going to want to search things up and be critical about it and figure out your own mind. So I think that passion really, mm. um, if, they're, if they're passionate about the degree and passionate about making people's lives better and doing it in the best way, I think that will take people really far yeah yeah passionate about learning um and then more on what andrew said being able to like relate and communicate with anyone you come into contact with Mm. team and clients yeah is enjoy your job and then you'll Mm. want to talk to people is gonna get you through the door Uh, something like i got i got roused on well not roused on but i had a really good um supervisor mitch bergen you guys familiar with mitch bergen um, he yeah. owns MBX Fears now. Um, oh, I've seen his Instagram. Oh, yes. Yeah. Great follower, yeah. by Great the way. Great guy. Um, he's a, he was one of my best supervisors in uh, Masters. And um, he ran that, like, you always have that, like, midpoint assessment. He ran it very much as, like, critique yourself. Tell, tell me what you think you need to improve on. Um, and his, his advice for me, after hearing what I had to say, is probably way off. But um, uh, his advice to me was that, like, you, critical thinking is great. But you, you know, you need to be a bit more, uh, like, open or engaged with the clients. And that's I hadn't been a PT. I'd worked in a bar up until that point. Um, but now I'd probably consider that to be like a strength of what I do, and like making people feel comfortable, and like beyond just providing an exercise physiology service. Um, you know, being a place where people enjoy to go is like a big deal for a lot of people. Yeah. Totally. So you need to. And it actually, it came up in one of your podcasts. It's like, mm. are we undervaluing ourselves? And you guys talked about like, well, what happens when we close down for a week mm. and people, you know, genuinely mm. miss what you provide? I think that's yeah. a huge, huge deal. Yeah. Absolutely. And in private practice as well, and we say this all the time, that if people don't like you, they're not going to come back. And so then you can't even get to a point where you're providing any valuable uh, skill and prescription uh, and information if they don't like you. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can have the best exercises and the best rehab plan in the world and if they go, hey, he's a bit of a dick, <laughs> um, they don't give a shit. Yeah. And then that's it. They're gone. They're yeah. not coming back. So don't be a dick. <laughs> As they say, build rapport. Yeah, which is like that's another word for it. I actually, <laughs> yeah, something about the word rapport it just gives me the ick. I feel like it's just like treating people nice. It's like, yeah, mm. fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit a bit of a buzzword, but it's a bit of a cop out as well, isn't it? Just like saying rapport. Mm. Um, I feel like people drop that word a lot, but don't necessarily know uh, what that encompasses. Hey guys, it's Arch from the podcast. I hope you're enjoying our chat with Dave and Megan from the meme team. We're going to be back with part two next Monday morning. We've still got plenty more to talk about. So we'll see you then. See ya.